Welcome to The Hot Flush, the world's premier podcast for the perimenopausal. You're joined by my good self, Mrs. Wig, and my friend, Mrs. Berry. Hello, everyone. Hello. I hope you had a lovely Easter. And I'm going to come back to why I've chosen that song. Yes, please. As our song for the intro this week. Yes. Now or later? No, later. Oh, later. Later. Let's keep them hanging. How was your week? Oh, goodness. Second week in the new job. Yes. Uh, brain basically got to Friday and then fell out of my head. Excellent. So it's excellent. I love it. It's nonstop. It's, yeah, it's really great. So that was a really great development. Do you have a favourite person at work yet? Too early to call? Yeah. And it's quite Have you got any that have, like, been taken out of contention, (laughs) more interestingly? No, no. But it's, uh, so far, there's been no real red flags and, uh, and and I think that that's encouraging because the office is quite small. So you don't want to get your period on your shoe at this office? No, I really don't want to get my period on my shoe at this office. Oh, my God. At least the toilet's a bit closer. <laughs> uh, An interesting too. thing about this office. Oh, yes. Uh, the floor has two toilets and they're just... Unisex toilets. Unisex toilets. What do you do if you need to do a poo at work? I always need to do a poo at work. Mm. But there's, there's, there's freshener. Oh, okay. And the room is there seems, VI poo? And there's, there's no, and there seems to be quite good ventilation. Excellent. Uh, so so far it hasn't um, undone me. Okay. But I imagine if you were a shy pooer, like one of those people that can only poo at home. Me. Really? Yeah. You're an only poo at home person. Well, if given the option. That's just not healthy. Can I can I just segue into something else? Yes. Do you remember when you were young and you'd sit on the toilet and you'd read the back of. Every single shampoo bottle and yes. you read the ingredients of all the soaps. <laughs> and always wonder what sodium, paraben, by Yeah, and you used to... Solvent Now, is. my kids get on there and they, list, they watch rap. So they're not even actually learning the basics of chemistry oh. in the old-fashioned way. They take their tablets in, <laughs> their phones in, and I don't know what they do, but they spend a lot of time and it's wasted time. Mm. These, Mrs. Wu. I believe they're to be very hot chilies. Ah, there's some of Mr. Wu's produce. <laughs> I could say that they looked like his dried testicles, but I don't think he'd appreciate that. No, would he? he wouldn't. I'm just going to pop them over there. They're I too had, like a, of those I had a, a good week. We, oh, yes. How was your yes, week? Yes, we had a lovely week. Mr. Wu was off work. Um, and he kept himself busy by smashing himself into rocks and things like that Ooh. on his dirt bike. He's sporting some very decent scars at the moment. Um, looks, remember when you were a kid and you'd come off your bike on the yeah, gravel? And you always had the scabby knees. Yeah, that's what Mr. Woog looks like now. Ten, down his leg, down his arm. Tenfold though. Like, yeah. Not just a little one. Oh, no. Not just on the knee, Revolting. down the whole leg. Revolting. Um, and on Friday, I think I broke the record. I didn't put a bra until 3 p.m. <gasps> well. So that, my friend, was you a free very range. good day. <laughs> you were free range. Oh, I've been... Eating and drinking and watching Netflix. I went out to Mum's oh. with some of the fam on Saturday night. Had a roast out there, um, you know. And then <laughs> Friday and then Sunday uh, we had croquet with the Woog extended family. A lot of you have heard about Cousin Robert by now. Yes. Um, I'm Did not allowed to speak to him after a certain amount of uh, beverages that he's had. Um, but basically he thinks... <laughs> 
that Michael uh, George Pell was robbed and that Putin is a genius. Well, you know, Putin probably is a genius, but that doesn't... But that doesn't know. mean, like, he's off to visit Putin next week. Oh, you see, that's a different story. Yeah. Yes, Putin is a genius, I'm now going to Russia, is a completely different <laughs> story to Putin is a genius, that is why we all need to keep a very close eye on him. But I'll tell you about Cousin Robert, he actually is a genius. Well, of course he is. He is a genius. He's very eccentric. Is he a doomsayer? Very, uh, quite possibly, but very brilliant. Like 18 uh, university medals and, oh, you know, did his thing at the conservatory, got to as high as he could at the conservatory of music and then switched across to medicine. You know what I mean? But, like, just high-achieving eccentric, like all the Woogs are. Yeah. They're all high-achieving eccentrics. Yeah. Well, you know, you made your choice. I did make my choice <laughs> a long time ago. Um, now, we do know that my week came a little bit unstuck on Friday afternoon. Yes. When the support service that we use for my son, Oscar, who's 21, has been out of school for two and a bit years, uh, has a moderate intellectual disability and a number of other health concerns, but, you know, muddles along quite nicely. Thank you very much. And we got a letter from his support service saying uh, our attempts to appeal the decision by the NDIS uh, at your last funding round means that we can no longer support him. So... What so for happens? somebody who doesn't understand, or yes. someone might be for overseas listening. Yeah, so the NDIS is a National Disability Insurance Scheme. Who was it introduced by? Runs in Australia. It was introduced under Gillard, and Bill Shorten was actually really at the forefront of making it happen. He was the one that went around the entire country meeting with disability support groups, meeting with industry bodies and all the rest to pull together a, a, a plan. Um and a lot of people sort of say, you know, oh, it's completely fucked and rah, rah, rah. And I don't actually believe that for a minute. I, don't, I just don't think... We now have this scheme turned looking after people in our community with a disability or with additional needs. It turned the entire system on its head. So you cannot expect to do that in a country, like for millions of people and it not take time yeah. and it not and also, be a bit busted and that, be a bit when you're dealing with that many different cases it's hard to get continuity across yeah okay so um oh, i'm really oh, i'm so hot um so before um people sort of want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, i think it's really important to know that as a model and and really what it's trying to do is fantastic. And I am a huge supporter of it. Um, but, <laughs> and this is where the but comes in. You, Oscar, Oscar gets a funding a block for two years for a transition to, transition to work program when you finish school. And then we ran through that. And what happens after you run through that funding is you then move on to a different program which is when you're then you that that first program is meant to get you to a point where you can work and but you still need a support because yep. you have additional needs and so you you go on to the next phase and that support is not as comprehensive as the first hence the funding for it is less but you still you know you still have someone that instead of probably coming and working with you at least um, and when and when you say funding, you don't mean that you you pocket money. The money's actually spent. Yeah, yeah. So let's say and somebody. That's right. Helping. So the money for the transition to work program, which is called SLES, S L E S, SLES funding. That I never saw any of that. That we we let 
the NDIS know that our support service was this company and then that money was paid to them. them. Now, when you first start, with when we started with them, they were with Oscar every minute of his starting to work in different work programs. Yep. And then over that two years, they start to... Withdraw. Withdraw. And then about... When there's about six months left to go, the next team for the less supported, you know, just the supported rather than this transition program, they come and assess them, watch them in the workplace, talk to the people who are working with them and, you know, and just sort of, they make the call. Yep, they're ready to move on to supported, you know, to the DES, it's called DES. So SLES and DES. Oh, gosh. I know. And so um, now they came out and looked at Oscar and said, he's not ready. He's there. he's getting there, but he's not ready. He yep. still needs he still needs work in these areas. Yep. So then you focus on those areas. Yep. We get to the December when our plan, his plan runs out, so you have to put in a new plan. Um, the plan can run, you can choose if the plan runs for one year or for two. Um, and, of course, this is a bit of a, you're trying to hedge your bets because you're like, well, if I get a good plan, I want it for two, but if I get a dodgy plan, I don't want to have that yep. for two. And anyway, and I just, and, and I can't even, actually now I can't remember what we did. Um, but anyway, that came back and, oh, and that DES team came and looked at Oscar again. So they looked at, they, they reviewed him twice in that six month period. And then um, they turned around in the, um, in the process of looking at his application, rejected, oh, and once we reached that point at the end of the year to do his new plan, our support service said, look, he needs six more months. We just need six more months to bed down these key areas. And mainly they were about staying on task. Yes. Because, you know. No, yeah, shiny things. I'm 46. I've got apparently no special needs. And I can't stay on task. Like, what the, <laughs> the hell am I expecting my 21-year-old moderately intellectually handicapped kid to stay on task? Anyway. So, but the NGIS came back and said, no, no, he'll be fine. He'll just be covered by Des." Now, I need to actually go and check my funding package, but as far as I'm aware, there is no funding within that that actually stipulates it's for DES. So, um, so anyway, so... that information so, given to you via email or, I mean... Yeah, so you basically... Um, yeah, you basically get a letter saying this is his plan. And, if you, and his plan now is no plan. Well, no, and his plan now is, you know... So they st- I still got a funding package for everything else that he does Mm -hmm. you know so for his um yeah i still got funding for the other packages and other days but i think you know he gets so much enjoyment out of his work you know that all he wants to work huge part of all oscar said when he was finishing school and everyone was like what do you want to do and he goes a job i want a job yeah and he has been working and he works at bunnings and our goal is really that he stays stays that he becomes an employee at bunnings that's our goal and, and Bunnings our support, love him. And Bunnings, the staff love him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been different with different managers of the store. That seems very, it seems to be a very store-driven thing. It's yep. not like an overarching Bunnings policy. Are Bunnings, they're not franchises, are they? No, they're I'm Wes Farmers. I think they're a Wes Farmers company. Yeah. Now I've said that, they're probably not. But anyway, <laughs> um, so his staff love him he loves it his whole goal for the two years and can you imagine this for a kid like him for two years it's just that he wants the red shirt he Aww. just wants to be an employee and get that red shirt and apron and actually be a proper member of the team yeah. that's all he wants and so when they had their easter evening the other week like for customers he finishes at three thirty. he stayed helped set up 
for their nighttime Easter, you know, night. Helped set up and then helped do stuff all night. Oh, he's such a beautiful boy. And then came home on the bus at like 9.30 at night. Anyway, so our support service has been appealing that decision since since we found out. Okay. So moving forward, what's going to happen? So this all happened at four o'clock on Friday afternoon, you know, with the with yeah. the support service saying, look, we just can't keep doing this. We've been supporting him now all year and we're not getting financially recompensed for it. So I mean, who, who's... the fact that they did the fact that they didn't leave him high and dry, yeah. but now we're at a point where he's being left high and dry. So who's the buck stop with? <sighs> I actually don't know. <laughs> So I have... So, and here's um, something else that Kim and I have been discussing is that Oscar's lucky enough to have a mum like Kim. Yeah. Um, and people like me and people like you who are out there who are yeah. showing concern. And, and I have to say, to those of you, particularly on the Hot Flush page, because Wooks sort of put it up on the, the page on Friday when I was just a mess, and a couple of you actually have come back and said, I might be able to help. You know, oh, so beautiful. So... Um, I just, that's also, my we, job. That's my job for tonight is to actually to, get my head back in. Yeah, we so want thank to you actually everyone. make it bigger than Oscar though as well. Well, this is the thing, right? Because not is, everyone has the resources and support that he has if you're in the country or if you don't have a platform and to look, have a voice. When it first, when it first was announced and we were, Oscar's year was the first year in Sydney when it started to be rolled out for school leavers. So I went to at half a dozen different workshops Club, you know, yeah, seminars, you the whole thing. Yeah. And the thing was, at the end of it all, and I'd say to virtually every you know educator that came in to talk to us about it, I said, "This is a, this is this is going to be amazing if you are articulate, educated, know the language to use, and privileged, and come from a position of you know, essentially of privilege. Of privilege. Yeah. If you are coming from a low socioeconomic, poorly educated, or indigenous, indigenous, non-English speaking background." background. You're screwed yeah. because you don't know the language to use in your and application. And also it's very frightening you because if you're an, you know, an immigrant and they yeah. don't, you don't know whether all of a sudden yeah. the big hand's going to come down on your house and pluck your family and throw you out of the country, which the is what's happening at the moment. And the other thing is for a lot of those families is there's a whole cultural component for some in some communities where having a child with a disability is actually tied up in a whole range of, of emotions and 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 um and attitudes and so even for them to be asking for help or having to put in an application is a challenge unto itself so for it to then reach a point where you have to publicly shame the government to get to get and again it comes back we've got connections we know people we know people in the media we know people in the government we know how to get things through but i just feel for those families that don't no, I don't have that. And so that's what I, is... I want to make it. You know that we all learn more about yeah. it. Yeah, you know? and you know, um, Andrew actually sent an email to his local member, Andrew Faith. Yep, and um, our Andrew, our Andrew, and he sent it to his local member, and he included a link to that Twitter thread of mine that that basically outlined yeah, what was going on. what was going on, and he said, "This is not good enough. What are you doing in our community for those in our community yep. who are in this position?" And I know people say, you know, contact your local member. And you always go, oh, as if they, you just do it. Just send. Particularly now, let me tell you. Particularly now. And you know what? All you have to do is write an email. And it's, you don't have to go into their office. You just can write them an email and say, 
this is happening to a friend of mine, yep. this is happening to another, you know, My what sisters, are you doing yep. to agitate for the NDIS program family, to be used you know, appropriately? It doesn't have to be your family if you know anyone who's going yeah. through similar yeah. troubles. You've got to get in and back for it. And, and this is, um, you know, the, the thing is, is, I just sort of go, I still am in a place now. I mean, in a way, Oscar's going on camp this week. He goes once every year, you know, he goes on this special needs camp, which is amazing. And he goes on Wednesday. So really he's only got Tuesday tomorrow where he's meant to be going into work. Does he know? No, I haven't told him. Yeah. How do I tell him? No, I don't know. And, and you know, and, and the crew said to me on Friday, we'll go in with him to say goodbye. Oh, my God. And I just God. went, are you fucking kidding me? No, no. I'm not doing that. No. How? How would you explain to Oscar? No. You can't come back. You can't work here anymore. It would devastate him. It would devastate him. I just can't. I just can't even. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. And so I'm actually just going to tell him he's got tomorrow off. Like he's got a week off because it's school holidays holidays, and he's going to camp the next day. Um, And it just gives me a bit of breathing space to work out what we're going to do. I did contact my local member and he's actually... A Liberal Party member, mm-hmm. um, but I have dealt with his office in the past and with Felix last year in Centrelink problems, and they were above and beyond. They were remarkable, and I emailed them on Friday afternoon and got the email, the series. automatic, the automatic email back saying, you know, we'll we're get, away. we'll respond and blah blah. And then I got another email within fifteen minutes saying our, you know, our. Um, Team. Our team, our person who works in that area, kind of social policy or something, she'll call you on Monday. And so um, they're all very much paying attention mm. and they're all very conscious that this is a very big issue. Our, our friend Rick You Morton, don't want to know how much it's heart-driven and how much it's electric, uh, you know. Well, this is true, but you know what? At the end of the day... I don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. These, why do you need to publicly shame a government to support and look after the people in the community who need the support the most? That's, that is not a civilised society. No. Well, you know, I always say we're a community, not an economy. Well, this is it, right? You know, at what point is this government, or this government, any government, any modern government, going to stop treating us like a commodity and start treating us like a citizenry? Mm. And, you know, this is, and this also comes back to the fact that those tax cuts that Morrison is has you know sort of promised in the um, in the budget, there's a 1.6 billion dollar underspend in the NDIS. 1.6 billion dollars. See, I, I think that and just... that money is going towards covering those tax cuts. So, if you don't have an ethical issue with that, then I sort of request you stop listening, <laughs> because that is just. So it's just so stingy. Grossly, grossly immoral and unethical and I guess I just you know inhumane. So I'm really sorry that we've done such a bit of a heavy uh heavy load on a weekend on <laughs> Dead Jesus Zombie Jesus weekend. But uh I just wanted to you guys you guys know people, you guys talk to each other, you talk to other friends, and I think we all need to be talking about how critical the NDIS to, is to Australia and to our community and to um, and to those in the community who need it, and we all need to be talking about it. Yep. And, uh, and if any of you do know people who uh, are, are not being funded correctly or have had trouble, I would really like you to reach out to me because I'm just going to start doing a bit more... About advocating. it. Yeah. 
So, uh, yeah, right. <gasps> Kick it on. Okay. Something happened. Something's happened. Something's happened in the Woog family. What? <gasps> There's a girl. And I'm not going to talk too much about it. But no. There's a, there's it's not a, our story to tell. There's a girlfriend sort of. on the scene. She's only relatively new. She's lovely. Kim's met her. I have. She's so nice. She's a real, not a girly girl at all. She plays rugby. She doesn't wear makeup. They're going to the footy together on Thursday night. And his room is clean. He's going to be showering more now than you've oh ever my known. God, and and it's really quite. Can I just say lovely and can I just awkward. say? And I'm like Kim, should they be in their room with their door shut? And like it's all new to me because it's yeah. the first real one. Yeah, yeah. And they hold hands and walk down the street, and I'm like, where's my baby go? <laughs> can I just say I have never seen him looking so clean, <laughs> so sharp. He's like. And, and has this the, is the, the manners, not the manners. Him. It's like bound oh, over cuddle. Hello, Kim. This yes, is Charlie. Did. <laughs> oh, um, and the other, the other interesting thing was that they went on their first official date recently, and um, his brother Jack says he's going to do some face work on him. Face work. And face Harry, work. Harry goes, okay. <gasps> so he did a double scrub cleanse. Some d- Tone us some moisturizer and did his eyebrows and you know just brushed them and and Harry let him do it. The fact that they were standing so close to each other without trying to kill each other. Was I know. Remarkable. I know. See, that would have made me have to take to my bed. I would have just been like, oh. <laughs> anyway, you make your mother so proud. Anyway, it's the start of the emotional roller coaster. Oh. I remember when I was in year ten, oh. I got dumped by a certain somebody over the phone because I wouldn't let him touch my private. Oh, well, you were raised right. It didn't take long, though. No, that was no, a slippery was slope, the, wasn't the next, it? The next year. <laughs> but I was hard. I remember being heartbroken. Oh, no, and I be... loved this boy. Oh. I really liked him. Like, he was... So get the flutters, you know what yeah, I mean? And, yeah. and it was before smartphones and everything. So when they'd come and find me in the boarding school and say, Kate, your boyfriend's on the phone. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then spend the next the next hour going, you hang up, do you hang up? Oh my god, you hang up. <laughs> That's because I didn't let him dip his finger in the honey pot. I was gone. You were gone. I Chucked was out gone. Yeah. And I just went, okay, okay, and put the phone down. Oh. And then just went, did you go and eat all the pies? I went and ate all the pies. I burnt some incense sticks. I cried a little <laughs> bit to. You know, Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what about a little bit of drive? Like, Lady in Red. And he used to do something interesting. He used to write me letters and he used to write the lyrics of all these songs. So there's songs now that I can't ever play oh. again. It's a little bit funny. <gasps> this feeling inside. Well, it wasn't a funny because you never get to felt inside, did you? <laughs> Oh, well, this very is so exciting. And that was when I was at my hottest and I didn't even know it. Oh, I know. We never know when we're at our hottest, do I'm we? I'm not at my hottest now. Have you seen this thing on my cheek? She has what can only be called as a... It's like Tasmania. It's like an homage to Vesuvius. I can't walk straight, see? It's, she's put her neck out. I put my neck out. <laughs> I've got the biggest <laughs> cystic acne on my cheek. And I wrote about it on the blog today. Um, about what you should do if you have cystic. I would do some research. No, it's not metho. It is metho. Metho fixes Psycho. everything. It doesn't fix an ingrown hair on your pubis. Uh, it Probably. It would actually. No, no. <laughs> you can't touch it. You can't squeeze these ones. 
No. Because no, well, they, they get don't get super a, angry. They don't get a head. No, no and I, head on them. And I looked up and I found someone who calls himself a celebrity aesthetic. Aesthetician. 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 And as I said in the piece, I said, well, I'm a celebrity because she plays with Demi Lovato's face. And I said, well, I'm a, a celebrity blogger because I once was on a plane with Ian Dicko Dixon. That's He's still alive? Yeah. yeah. He used to be my neighbour just around the corner. He what what? He used to be my neighbour. Oh, re- oh, really? Yeah. I used to talk to him like we were old friends up at the old I always He always struck me as someone who, I mean, I know that he was, you know, because didn't he come out, I'm sure he came out in like one of the, one of the hideous new ideas or the Woman's Weekly or something talking about his, you know, alcohol problems. Yeah. And then, but he didn't, like, I always sort of got the feel, like when he was the judge... I actually liked him because even though... We have to put down that this in the show notes because this is going to rate really highly in the SEO search for the podcast. <laughs> I really... Because um, he actually always told it how it was. Like, I don't think he was... Was he the mean one? No, I think that was back when it was Marsha and Dicko Dixon um, that flop with the floppy hair and Kyle... Was it Kyle Sandylands? Did Kyle... Was Kyle doing it with Dicko? I don't know. I mean, they both look very similar, so I wonder oh, if they... Yeah. And this is the thing, actually, with Kyle, when Kyle did it as well, was he actually kind of told the truth. Yeah. And so, you know, everyone would like, oh, you're so mean. And it's like, well, he actually knows the industry and he knows what he's talking about. Do you know how last week I was been, um, watching video after video of Facebook dog rescues? Oh, again with the dog rescues. This you know, week I have been watching video after video of old um, Australian and American Idol auditions. Oh. And Kelly Clarkson, what uh, from the day go, she was a superstar. Was she? She walked in there. She was so comfortable with the whole oh, thing. Oh, really? She knocked it out of the ballpark. She was like, I'm already here. Well, do you remember Adam Lambert? Now he's the, you know, front's queen. I don't, I don't, I haven't heard good reports. About him doing it mm. or about. Ooh. Who's okay. Australia's best one? Em Rushkiano's mate done well. Was she on that? Yeah, she was on the first series of Australian oh Idol. Oh my God. The Guy one, Sebastian. Guy Sebastian, he won it. And who's that? What's the one who came second that beats up people? What's his name? Shannon Nulsey. And I heard See, the other day. Up. Yeah. I heard the other day um, on the Osher Gunsberg. Oh, can I just tell you how much I love that man? Do you know the Osher Gunsberg podcast? Is it good? So good. Is it? He does the first 10 minutes of a little life lesson and he's so smart. He's so smart. He's a recovering okay. alcoholic. He is. He's had I remember some there was, health problems. Remember when and he and he's my guru. Was it James? Gosh, we really researched this show really well today, didn't we? James, whoever the, the offsider was that then ran against yeah. Abbott in the last election. I really liked I really liked him Madison. too. Madison. Madison. And there was a couple of episodes of um, the show when Osho just wasn't on it because he was off on yeah. a bender. drug bender. Yeah. He was a party boy. Um, so I kind of like that he's reinvented himself. Oh, and, and, and he doesn't seem to have hurt... Too many people. No, and he's just written himself. this terrific book saying "See you after the break," and he goes through like I could talk about Osher Gunsberg <laughs> all day, every day. Anyway, he has this excellent podcast which he brings really good people, and I lo- listened to this week the one that he had Rob Millsy Mills on. Oh yeah, and you know talking about the amount, enormous amount of pressure these kids were under, and how Millsy just wanted to do himself in. Oh Jesus, you know, and um. 
I don't know why we started talking about that. Oh, you were talking about what, what was your YouTube hit this week. Do you know what I'm currently addicted to on YouTube? Well, Say and something I have been, funny and not nerdy. And I have been for quite some Say time. Say something funny and not science Um, Is just watching clips from the Graham Norton show. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. For like, I probably have watched actually every episode now, but just in bits. Hmm. And then that. And then also uh, English comedians like Sarah Millican and Michael... Oh, the guy that does that really hilarious thing about trying to get out of the house with kids. Michael McCulloch. Oh, yeah, the Michael. English bloke. Yeah. Who did the funny thing about um, makeup, eyebrows. Oh, did car. he? Yeah, he's funny. If that's the right guy. Um, Do you know there's nothing boring than listening to people's dreams or what they've been watching on I know, YouTube? but it's really, it's fun. Anyway, um, and then the other thing, oh, I just want to give a little shout out also, if people are looking for a new podcast, um, uh, after they listen to us, if they're just like, Ugh. And if you don't want to go back and listen to past episodes, because I don't understand why you're not doing that, because I've started doing it, because hashtag narcissist. Um, Did you know Jackie started listening from the beginning? He thinks we're so funny. Has he? And Ubercake just told us just before. She's only just started listening. Oh. Way, way to be supportive, you mum. <laughs> God, we're drowning in your, we're drowning in your jewellery. The least you can do is listen to us. <laughs> Shout out, Satin. Oh, yeah, God. Do you know one of the most lovely things for me, sort of, probably in the last sort of six months, but mainly sort of this year, I think, is just how much I've reconnected with Kate. Yeah, she's beautiful. She's, we just, a, she's a good one. She's a good egg, that, that Uber Kate. Um, we are going to take a break right now because we? when we come back, I'm going to tell you the story of why uh, Mr. Wood got nicked by the coppers on the <gasps> Easter long weekend. We're going to talk about Brene Brown and the call to courage. We've got a special flush of story that we want to nut out. And, of course, we're going to be coming at your... Questions and comments. Yeah. Okay. As Osher Ginsburg likes to say, back after the break. Back after the break. Hello, Miss Thang. Yeah. Where's your glass? Right there. No, that's my glass. No, that's my glass. What do you do with your glass? I left it in the fucking kitchen. Oh, you're hopeless. Anyway, you go and get it. I'll try not to have another big chat with your husband. Uh, Welcome back to the Hot Flush, the premier podcast for the perimenopausal. Um, I'm going to tell you a story now. You all know that on Easter, the cops like to get you good and proper. I think I might have overpoured mine. <laughs> the cops like to get you good and proper, so you have double demerits and double fines. Yes. And we were very excited, i.e. shitting my pants, when Mr. Wu got pulled over with a car full of kids and dogs and me and uh, for a random breath test. Now, I'm not sure what you're like, but I have got the world's most guilty conscience I automatically assume I'm an illegal immigrant carrying a, a box of cocaine or whatever you call it. And, oh, whatever you and, call and, it. And a gun. Um, <laughs> and I've got like a cockatoo shoved up my ass. That's for good measure. An endangered one. I've got the world's worst guilt. And I turn into like just stammer lady. Oh. I haven't had good experiences with cops. You know, it's got pulled over. And this cop was, it was like a country pub cop you know overweight sort of how you go oh, right. up for a chat and we we're at Blacktown, so i can only imagine the, the sort of people that oh here's mr wig hang on oh yes so he's just mr wig was just showing me his meat his browned meat <laughs> um he's making a chili so he said can i have your, I have your driver's license and, and mr wig says it's in the back so he's gone to the back and i can hear him getting increasingly more is his voice getting higher and higher? Because he hadn't bought his wallet. <gasps> Meanwhile, 
the cop had wound, asked us to wound down the window and he's patting Isabel Barbara through the window in the, in the rear seat, telling us about his cavoodle and how much he loves his cavoodle. Um, and then tells me that I could actually be issued with a fine because Isabel Barbara was not wearing a correct belt seat belt, which I didn't know about. And I said, Oh, even I, I know about that. I had no idea about it. I knew that if your dog was on the back of a ute, he needed to have it. Right. But I, and I also knew that if you were driving with a dog on your lap, you could get done for that. But I didn't realise that you could get done oh. for that. So he issued me a warning. <laughs> I was going to challenge him on it, but not then for I the endangered it. animal up your ass or the bag no, of coke under the bit my under box the... of cocaine. Oh, my, my everything else was fine, um, except the dog wasn't on it. Had didn't have a seatbelt, and then Mister Woody didn't have his license, so we were asked to drive up and pull over a bit. You know, we were those people. Yeah, and then twenty minutes later, we got a fine, but there was no demerit points. But can you believe that? How stupid is Mr. Wu, honestly? <laughs> How stupid. I was just going to say, oh, I bet he left his, like, like, I bet he left his driver's license in, you know, like his trail bike. In no, the you know where they van, were? In the pedo van or you something. You know where they were? In his dirt bike shorts in the pocket, in the back pocket of his dirt bike shorts, which were in the washing machine. <laughs> so there oh. you go. Trap for young players. Yeah. I'm when I get um, you know, pulled over for breath testing or anything like that, I'm the nervous chatter. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah, that's like me. Oh, yeah, how are you going? Oh, I bet you've been busy today. Like this is like <laughs> stop talking. How old are you? You look too young to be a cop. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so suddenly I become sixty and very chatty. Mum Which got, of course I reckon is a huge sign of love like, you know. Mum got done doing twenty three over recently. Yeah, well she then just acted like a 70 plus year old woman yeah, oh yeah, yeah she sprung straight into oh, i'm just an old lady driving my audi you know didn't realize <laughs> and um sir 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 so he, he gave her like he said to she only went over 10 over so he's because i'm cops are nice i won't even tell you the story oh one day i'll tell you the story about the one up at erina not nice oh yeah that was threatened to taser me oh <laughs> really yes how I think hysterical it was just joking, how hysterical I did you get? Half joking. I think that's where my anxiety from cops stems from. Can I tell you a funny story about a friend of mine's sister? Is it funny? Yes. So a long time ago when she was a teenager, she got done for DUI and the copper put her in the back and like pulled over and breath tested, not pulling into the, yeah. you know. And he, he put just her, had a suspicion, did he? He must have. Maybe the She's weaving pe- all over the road. Pe- peeled out from the pub. <laughs> and um, she had a burnout from and the he, pub. Uh, yeah, so he put her in the back of the put her in the back of his car of the police car, and then did an illegal U-turn. And she goes, "Ah, oh, so it's all right for you then, or something along those lines?" Because she was pissed. Yeah. And then he pulled pulled over someone I else. Just do not condone drink driving at all. No, it's not funny. But they were dri- you know, so they were driving off, and then he saw another car going the other way and did an illegal U turn and went after that. And she was like, "Well, so the road rules don't apply for everyone then." And then they pulled over this other guy, and he was over the limit as well. Oh, so he got in the back. Must some party. I know. So he had to get into the back of the car, and apparently, he beers did you and have? apparently, yeah. Wouldn't that be beautiful if they fell in love? Oh, that's a great storyline. And for then a they movie. had to get. Into the back of the car. Sandra, got in the back. Sandra Bullock and, and oh, it could be Sandra Bullock and what's that man's name that was in um Sha La 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 Sha La 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 Bradley Cooper. That's the that's the bit out of like you know whatever that song is. Now I got everything. I 
Shameful? No, what was it? Drowning? Drowning? Shallow. Shallow. <laughs> Shame. Drowning. Shallow. Put them together. It's something to do. Anyway, so this other drunk guy gets in the back and she goes, well, you better put your belt on. Like, he's not a very good driver. Police station, and my friend's boyfriend, who was a copper at the time, is there. Sees, you know, his girlfriend's sister come in. He goes, "Oh, well, who have we got here?" She goes, "Well, you should be lucky we even arrived. Driving's terrible." She sounds a bit mouthy. That was probably like about twenty years ago. Can you imagine if you did that today? They'd just taser you. They'd taser you, put a muzzle on you, throw you in bloody gold slipper, yes, with Bill Scully, throw a a hood over your head, and and it'll be over. Mister Wu did. Absolutely lose his shit a little bit and said that we lived in the most overgoverned part of the world and mumble, 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 mumble. <laughs> uh, so, can I? Um, uh, okay, so I want to. So, can you just tell a little story? Because I need to tell you a funny story, but I have to actually find it first. Oh, um, okay. Uh, <laughs> just to put you on the spot. Recently, I've caught up with Derek on Netflix, which I loved. Oh, I um, found it. I just hated Chris Lilly's Lunatics. I thought that was just dreadful. Um, I think the time has passed for his that stuff yeah, that he, he does. Yeah, he needs to sing a new song. And I remember an Indigenous actor on Twitter um, saying, I think it was, uh, saying, you know, for a successful white comedian, he sure does seem to do a lot of blackface. Mm. Okay, so moving. Uh, so yeah, that's enough about that. Uh, so this did is, I do that well though? Yeah, you did. That was, you threw that to me. I did throw, and you you recovered I beautifully. Now, um, my beautiful friend Bronwyn has been having a terrible time sleeping lately, and like to the point that it is ridiculous. She's awake from like two thirty and just never goes. So this was her nighttime activities the other day. My night activities consisted of cleaned my office, paid some bills, cleaned the fridge. Unloaded, loaded the dishwasher, folded washing, put on a load of washing, woke, surged for sex, hung out washing in the dark, started to vacuum, stopped, too noisy, organised bedside drawer, cleaned out handbag. (laughs) Now, what I love most is that poor Serge gets locked in there like this is part of the list. And she says she literally was just like, I'm bored now. And I was just like, I suppose we could. I don't know. Oh, yeah. So now surgery, of course, is just every day. Do you need to go to sleep? Do you need help? Do um, If you need to go to sleep, just let me know. Like, I'm right here. I'm here to help you, beautiful. I'm here to help you. So good. So I tell her on Friday night when I was just a bit of a mess after the whole mm-hmm. NDIS debacle that I'm at home and I am um, decided to clean out the kitchen cupboards. Rage clean. Rage clean. Rage clean the Next kitchen, level. the pantry. All the glasses, cupboards, like just the whole, like, and cleaning the shelf, like the whole yeah, kit. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And, uh, and did you polish some glasses? I didn't polish some, but I did put some through the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> and from when I spoke to her, she was just like, oh, why aren't you doing this at 2 a.m. like any other normal 40 plus year old woman? <laughs> so true. So, what are your tasks that you do at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning, people? Ah. I normally like to wake up and worry. <laughs> I like to think about things that happened to me 40 years ago and how I should have done them differently. Uh, Does that segue into our next... No, we're going to tell a flusher story. I'm going to tell a flusher story. Okay, so just... We're doing light and shade this week. People. Light, and shade. light and shade. So I think one of the lovely things about this community is that we do have a good laugh, but we do also know that this is a place we can come when we're a bit broken. 
or when things are pretty tough. And so one of our flushes said to me this week, she asked if we, I would, you know, if we could talk about what happens um, in a part of family realignment that doesn't really get talked about at all. So uh, this, is, this is what she wrote to me. One in every two marriages ends in divorce. The same applies for de facto relationships. When kids become involved, there are 100,000 different variations of how life plays out post-divorce, with some unconsciously uncoupling vomit, some exploring a period of rage that seems to lessen over time if they are both prepared to come to the table, and some that just continue to implode no matter what you do. I was in the last bucket. My ex-husband died recently. He was young, he was absent, and he wasn't very nice. He'd left when my child was six weeks old, two days before Christmas, just over 13 years ago. Six weeks old, you say? Yeah. What a joy he was. Many of the women that would listen to this podcast would have experienced a family realignment at some point. We all have our stories. It's bloody hard work to sit amongst the rubble and to care for kids at the same time. But what is excruciating is that as the nurturer, we also need to be the practical wise one, the advocate, the leader, and the person that mops up the drama just at a time when our kids need us even more. It's been two weeks since he died. I'm not the first woman to lose an ex-husband, but the grief and the admin has been astounding and so under-acknowledged. At the hospital, I made three attempts to get help from the social work department, because as I was no longer next of kin, and my child was under age, meaning we had no way of getting up-to-date information to, pre to prepare for his death. No one returned my calls until two days after he died. That's, that is negligence. Anyway, um, we also didn't make it to the list of people to be notified. Once he was gone, we got a call an hour later from someone we didn't know to say he had died. And then I had to break the news to my child. Strap in for the next admin disaster. On the day he died, the passport office rang him to verify he had supported our child's application as I travel for work and knew she'd need to be with me. By the time they rang two weeks after I submitted the form, he died. So they put the application on hold until we could produce a death certificate. They needed to verify that he couldn't verify the fact he had signed the application. I mean, that's... Uh, uh, so we rang births, deaths and marriages. We were told that I wasn't eligible for the certificate because I wasn't next of kin. And neither was my child because they were a minor. They suggested I approach the new wife at the funeral and ask for an extra copy. God. They also couldn't confirm if his death had been notified see the point above at this point i laughed because what else is there to do kim talks a lot about the ongoing ripples of family realignment women are often the ones mopping up the disasters from day one to apparently the day it ends but no process admin or otherwise acknowledges that role the system works hard to make it harder repetitively i feel that all we hear is that women's voices are undervalued in healthcare, in the justice system, in the family court, in the media, everywhere. 
How do we keep bouncing back when you know you have a strong voice, but you're so bloody tired from Mm. using it? Gosh, you can feel the pain in that, can't you? So much. I've got the gooses happening. And I think... And I think so much of us know this. How can she, she's, what she can do. She, like, it's just bureaucratic red tape that doesn't actually put, put themselves into the fact people that we like are not, shoes. That we are not a number. That why, we are not. Why should being human and a decent human <sighs> throw up all this red tape? Why do they have to make it so... So to start with, I want to say, I don't particularly think this is a gender thing. I don't think it's a man versus woman thing. No. I think it's um, it's you're grieving on so many levels. You're, you were left with a tiny baby. Yeah. You know, and so the notion... You're grieving that. And in some way, I think you're probably still grieving the loss of this person... Because now he's died and he's the father of your child. Mm. And that does mean something. Mm. But I'm yeah. so sorry that you're going through what should be, people should be bloody holding your hand and asking how they can help you. Yeah. Yep. Fuck, I hate the world sometimes. And, you know, just, and, and you know, this, this, this flusher, even if, it, even if it wasn't about her, why was not the other, the other extended family around him going... We need to make sure you're okay. That daughter, his daughter, yeah, is okay. Does she know who's going to tell her? Who, like, who's going to support her mother? Because her mother is now what she's got. Yeah, yeah. But that the, the bit she says at the end about how do we keep bouncing back when you know you have a strong voice but you're so bloody tired from using it? I can't tell you how many messages I get from my Wigs World community about this, and it's really women who are desperately lonely and crying out for help, who are getting themselves up every day when they don't want to. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I think there's a whole bloody exploration. And look, of this. this was me, but this was how I... There was an element of this for me on Friday. It's yeah. just like, I can't... Fight. Why am I still fighting? Yeah. Why do I still have to rage? This is... Oscar has as much value and as much right to be here as your I. So why do I have to fight for basic rights for him that the rest of us take for granted. But, but I mean, surely there's, there's, there'd be departments all, all over who would be exploring every... They would have a policy on every single option that life might throw at yeah. you. So if you do get the thing, okay, this woman needs to get a passport for her child that her child's husband has died. Yeah. Um, what sort of fuckwit <laughs> would suggest go and ask the new wife at, at the, the funeral? funeral. That is inappropriate because she's also dealing with it. Yeah. Um, you, you don't need to be stirring up that because you can imagine how that would be talked about. Oh, God. See, that four-year-old who gave you that advice has just come to go to political science at ANU and drop that at Easter time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so true. So uh, this, this flusher I have known for an awfully long time, like originally through blog, blogging, maybe even I think originally through Twitter, she is a remarkable human and, you know, she works in an area um, which looks after people, like, in times of intense sort of stress and emotional harm. And yet here it is happening to her happening to her, and her just going, how do we as a society still let this, how is this allowed to 
be a thing. Like how? And she's meant to be she's meant to be navigating this with her daughter. Because can you? Her daughter's grief would be so complicated. Oh yeah, because she because, never re- because like, he wasn't he wasn't there. really in her life. But he's still her dad. And so then it's like when we had the family realignment, and the boys sort of said to me, I think it was Felix. I think actually all of them at different times sort of said, you know. I'm so confused, you yeah. know, because he's my dad and I love him, but I'm so angry. angry. And, you know, those emotions as an adult yeah. are so difficult to navigate. Imagine trying to do it as a teenager and the damage or as a child. The damage that can be, it's lifelong damage sometimes yeah. if this is mishandled yeah. badly. And look, I want to just, um, this is not directly related, but it ties into it a little bit in that one of our beautiful listeners uh, put up a post the other week um, or the other day about um, about that her husband had just left and about finding uh, my husband had blindsided me and let this is Emma and she's 27 she has a seven-year-old and a four-year-old so she sort of falls into my camp because I had kids little when I was little I mean you know I had them when I was young and she's sort of saying can someone tell me I will find someone else because this just fucking sucks and there's 60 comments on that feed, yeah. and I think it's really worth everyone just, you know, having a go and having a, not having a go, having a read. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to say to her that just, just, uh, just be kind to herself, and and that someone. You know, it's so easy to say this from the cheap seats now that I'm in a relationship to just sort of go, you don't need someone to, you know, yeah, define that's, who that's you are. Not helpful. That's, that's, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Um, but for me, you know, I was with that person who I was with from when I was 18 until I was 43. And it was only after he left that I realised I'd stopped asking if I was actually happy and if I loved him when I was in my probably in my early 30s because I think I was too scared to even really look at it. Look at it. Hmm. And, um, and I really, um, uh, we just have to look after us first. I always say that. Like I I always say if I'm okay, everyone else is okay. I am the number one. We can't, we just can't actually look externally for that. Yeah. And Emma, if you have family around you and you have friends around you and you've got your beautiful kids, just, just. Take some, just, I don't, I don't know what I want to, I don't know how to say it. I just want to give her a hug. Yeah. And just say, yeah. you know, don't. Fucking asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. He's obviously not the right person. No. No. But he's given her two wonderful children. Yeah. Like, you know. Then fucked off. Yeah. Yes. I have, I have words for people like that, but I'm not going to say it because I'm a lady. <laughs> but I just want us to, oh, you know, this is what our, this is what our flusher was just talking about in this thing as well about women are strong. Oh, Women, fuck we yeah. fucking stand up every day. We fall down seven times and we rise up eight. All of us do. If you've got kids, all of us do it mm. every day. So this segues nicely into I wanted to talk about Brene Brown's latest Netflix release called The Call to Courage. I'm only halfway through it and we won't dwell long because I want to get to the reader's questions. Yes. But Brene Brown, I'm new to the scene um, and so far I've watched half of it. And what I've taken away from, and she talks about... Uh, being vulnerable and dealing with criticism. And she makes this great analogy that if you're not in the ring with me, putting you're yourself not in the arena, yeah. if you're sitting in the back and again in the cheap sheets giving me criticism, you don't, you don't warrant it. Yeah. But if you're in the arena with me... 
So I loved it. I can't wait to watch the rest of it when you fuck off. So Brené Brown came into my world probably about... Um, well, she did two TEDx talks. One was about one was about vulnerability and one was about shame. And she, whenever they happened, because I saw them quite soon after because a friend pointed me in the direction of them and said, I think you might like these. And, you know, there are events and things said to you in your life that change your life. You know, they're that instrumental. And I watched her talk about vulnerability and... Um, so this is a, a documentary. So it's eight years about, ago. Yeah. This is her TEDx talk. And, um, yeah, that was eight years ago. And then the next year she did the one on shame. And so I must have watched them five years ago. Anyway, they completely changed my life. Mm. And, I and even... it, was, it was when I stopped putting on a brave face. Mm. It was when I actually started saying to people, I need help. Mm. I'm not good today. Mm. I'm really upset about that. Mm. I don't know how to handle that. Like on Friday, like I, went, I just wrote back to job support and I said, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know what to say to Oscar. I don't know how to handle it. I, I am completely, I am free falling. Mm. And then I basically said exactly the same thing to my MP's office. And I just went, I, I'm turning to you because I don't know. I did not. And I just went, I did not even pretend to have my shit together. No, no. Well, I think what it was interesting, and I've been doing what I've been doing, which is writing and building communities as you have been for 12 years now. Um, and I still get a lot of pushback from even family members who think I'm nuts. Who, why are you doing that? Why are you putting yourself out there? Why are you... And, and I'm like, well, it, you don't have to like it. That's cool. Yeah. You, you're, you're not doing it. You're playing it safe. Yeah. And that's great. You know, we need people in the cheap seats. But I'm, I'm putting myself out there because it feels right for me and I'm building communities and I'm, yeah. I'm providing a platform for women to have discussions. And yeah. that's the sole reason behind what I do, what I do. And that's why we do this hot flush mm. because we... Are vulnerable and we we aren't these mm. bullshit pretend artists. Yeah. We're exactly the same um, as everyone else, and and you know there's a lot of brave women that come into the arena with us. Yeah, and I think the 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 arena that she talks about is it Franklin D Roosevelt. It was one of the yes. presidents who talked about it about you know you're either in the arena yeah. or you're in the stands. Yeah, and if you're not in the re- the arena, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And um, you know to our to to, to Emma. You're in the arena. You're in the arena raising those kids. You're in the arena raising those kids to be good humans. Let yourself be in the arena to make to make you be the best you can be. And stop worrying about whether you're going to find someone else. Yeah. Because he'll come into the arena when, when he's ready. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. So, okay. you know. I just, just wanted to give everyone, go and before we come back next week, can you all please go and talk and watch The Call to Courage on Netflix with Brene Brown and, and we will have maybe a little special segment talking about it on the Facebook page. That sounds like Let's move nice on to my favourite part of the reader's <gasps> question. Do, do, do you know what? I think we need like a, I think we need like segue music for reader's questions. Like, you know. Okay. Have you got some? No. Okay. Well, let's do it on that next week. <laughs> Christina <laughs> asked, Yay. That we're doing any tips for coping with awkward family relationships when you're forced into a holiday house together oh okay oh. okay boundaries christina it's talking about boundaries it's talking about communication um and it's saying i'm going to clean up after breakfast today you're going to do lunch and and uh who wants to do dinner so it's about compromising making time sure that you're getting out of the house long periods of time yeah and laughing 
Yeah. Just laughing. Um, there has to be a very clear demarcation, clear table of set tasks. out of tasks and who is doing Responsibilities. them at which one. So people cannot, because people, otherwise you get to the end and go, oh, you know, and Michael didn't do anything. And then that resentment and then yeah, people and talk about like, the Well, of course day. he didn't. No one made him do anything. Like I would sit on my fat ass as well if I, I could get away with it. I hope that's helpful, Christina. We haven't got time to discuss all of them today in great length. So what's one from yours, darling? Oh, um, oh, poor Lucille. She had her, what you know, what were you thinking dress moments as well. Oh. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. We're all doing it. Are we brave enough to have put that photo up yet? We should do that. Oh, God. Oh, God. You and I both look like a block of flats. A block of flats. Um, How to kill your mother-in-law and get away with it. We've both got really nice mothers in laws What was that? How to kill your mother-in-law and get away with it. Oh, no. I've got a beautiful mother-in-law. I I really do. I'm so sorry, Donna. But um, I can't help you with that. Uh, I could imagine it would be quite terrible, though. But again, think about what I've said to Christina. Boundaries and laughter. Yep. Boundaries and laughter. Oh, my God. Michelle asked. This is the thing. This is the highlight of my week. We went to the Royal Easter Show. Took the boys. Rob came. Someone joined the CWA. I joined the CWA. So I was just there looking like, you know, just sort of longingly. Like they're the, rock stars or something. Yeah. The old ladies. And she sort of came up and she said, have you had a Devonshire tea? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. We just all had a, you know, it's just, we're all ready to keep going now. And. And I just sort of was looking at just things on the table of jams and stuff. She goes, have you ever thought about joining the CWA? And it was like she just, and I went, have I? <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's my absolute dream, but I don't live in the country. And she said, you don't need to live in the country. She says, where do you live? And I told her, she goes, there's a manly chapter. And she says, you don't even need to, you don't even need to sew or, or cook or anything. You just need to know how to milk a Or know how to milk a pig. You just want to be a part of a community that looks after. Oh and I'm just going, Can you take a deep breath? Because I have heard this. It's the most animated she's been in weeks. (laughs) And then in like some sort of ceremonial moment, she like pinned the badge onto me in front of like Rob and the boys. It was like I had, it's like I'd become. Order of Australia? It was like my Order of Australia. I was just like, I was so moved. I may have been a little teary. And she was so lovely. She was just like, you know, she came out and gave me a hug and she went, oh. Are you going to go to a meeting? Yes, of course I'm going to Are a meeting. Are you going to run for president? Not yet. I'm going to bide my time, you know. Get in there on the ground. Play it cool. Uh, and then anyway, so Michelle has come back and she she was a fully paid up member as well since yesterday. Oh but this God. is the best. Maybe you should start a thing. This is the, the best thing. The Hot Flush CWA sub-branch. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's so good. We could share recipes and, and crochet and, and together and then cause drama at the uh, <gasps> Eastwood and Manly branches. Oh. Do a digital takeover. <laughs> Instagram handle. Hot flush. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so good. Um, so her eldest son, Michelle's eldest sons, calls it the perimenopausal probus. <laughs> As you see that, I thought that was very funny. <laughs> that's so good. Someone else says, uh, says they call it the grey cult. Oh, my God. This is so good. The most esteemed leader. That's what I need to be called. <laughs> You're going to be oh, Scientology next. God, that's okay, so Louise. Good. Out of all the clothing trends to come back into fashion, why, oh, why have they picked the late 90s, early 2000s? I don't want to look like Ally McBeal again. I want my jeans to sit higher than my labia. No one looks good in a ribbed, <laughs> sleeveless, turtleneck, tank top, fucking 
Friends. I blame Friends. I watch Friends on catch up sometimes. Yeah. And the clothing they wear is exactly what Louise is talking about. Uh. You have to be like a shriveled skeleton, but even then, I do know that ribbed sleeveless turtleneck top. Do you know what ones I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Yep. Holy mackerel. There's a whole lot of women when I wear one of those. <laughs> oh my I God. I think I remember having a ribbed cream cable knit country road jumper. Now, if that doesn't scream, check me out. I've got an eating overweight disorder. <laughs> I don't know what does. Why would you add to an already billowing university student that lives on white bread and chips and beer. <laughs> One of the most wonderful things about the Easter show, apart from just being incredibly judgmental and looking at all the carnies and wondering about how they eat steak without any teeth. Um, <laughs> was, that was Kim. That was not me. Uh, was well, just, the people, was just the people watching and realising that while I do feel like Demis Roussos, there's a lot of other people out there that look a lot more like him than I do. Tread carefully, my friend. Tread I'm treading carefully. carefully. I'm not, you know, but my lordy, there's a lot. Although there was uh, one, but the one person that really struck me was this stunning woman. But she had gone to the Easter show in high heel ankle boots, denim underpants, She's probably related to Slim Majar. And a midriff cable knit tie, like midriff. Like, and I just sort of looked at her and I go... Like Louise talks about. Yeah. And I was just like, how are you going to... How are you going to want to ride in that? How are you going to go on how a are tractor? You gonna, how are you going to walk through the cow... Like... What were you wearing on your feet, Kim? I had my Frankie Fours on. <laughs> your lace-up Closed tours. Yes, lace-up, lace closed toe. Made for walking? Yes, made for walking. Where else did you have on Kim? Now that we're judging everyone else, I was wearing a blue linen dress, navy blue, dark, like dark blue. Just because so it was quite hot. Quite, you're from the country, so it's quite warm. You see, I didn't. Did they have some darts? We talked about darts and plates. No, it doesn't have darts. It was a dress that I actually bought. What was that brand? What was that um, uh, mail order? Easy Buy. Yes, <laughs> it was from Easy Buy. And do you know what? It's so, yeah, Easy Buy. I don't. Easy buy. It had. It was linen, and then the back was it like, from the fat girl section? I don't know if it was. Sarah? No, it wasn't from Sarah. It wasn't part of the Sarah range. But you know it when you actually a printed rayon. You know when you yes, God, they love a printed rayon and a three quarter pad and and holes in the sleeves, holes like oh, sh- shoulder hate holes. That. That's your shoulder holes and asymmetrical. Yeah, everything's asymmetrical. It's like taking shape. It's like just give us a hem. What's in the? Do I don't need the. And quirky. I just want to wear clothes that don't. And I don't want look. something with a Paris stencil on it, or a parrot, or a parrot. Oh fuck. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, one of those things. But yeah, and I just thought, how are you going to be comfortable? Like the Easter show is not about looking. Yeah, she probably has to do Tanya Cook. Oh, speaker. This is this is going to be interesting now. Tanya asks, how to stop feeling like everyone. All everyone does is complain online <laughs> and in real life. I don't know, Kim. You tend to complain a lot this uh, episode. Yeah. What advice can you give to Tanya to how to stop feeling like all everyone does is complain? There's, there is. I do find on social media, I just sort of mute the complainers, yeah. the serial complainers. Bye, Mommy. Hi, darling. Bye, 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 bye darling. Have a good yeah, time. What? Okay. Bye, bye. Bye, has. Have fun. Make good decisions. Um, no, don't get a haircut again. No. <laughs> yeah, we're podcasting. Oh, can you pause for a sec? No, we can't. We've got three minutes. I just, just say what you need to say. I was about to go. Oh, okay, what? 
Can you pause? Yeah, of course. We're pausing. Thank you so much, Mum. Oh, thank you. I love you. I love you too, bye. Um, I complain a lot. Look, sometimes you just... But this is the thing, right? I complain, so I complain for comedic value. Not really that I'm really that, you know, complainy. Although, I, well, I am. But. I like to have a good whinge with my girlfriends. Yeah. Um, online, I try and keep it just to, like, stupid political shit and fucking stupid politicians that I want to kill. Yeah. Um, but there are serial complainers out there and they are annoying, so I just mute them. Oh, now listen. Karen talks about very itchy legs and a rash after laser. Dude, you have to buy their cream that they give you to put on because... I use that cream that they give you and you don't get an ingrown, you don't get any problems. And the one time I did lasering and I didn't put that cream on, my God, I almost scratched the skin off my legs. Okay. Julia asks, why are friendships so hard even when you're bloody old? Why does the mean girl thing continue and how does it impact upon you even Piss when them off. you know what's happening? I don't have people like that in my no, life. I just don't have you them. You just don't have them. Get rid of them. You just, just don't. Stop. Yeah, just do, just, just ghost. With... Ghost if you need to, yeah. or pull a band-aid off. I do not have one friend in my life that doesn't serve me purpose, and hopefully I serve them purpose back. I'm yeah. not into cliques. I'm not into, no. like, secret groups or we, anything like that. Seriously, we are not just 13. Just not worth it. We're... And if you've got people in that life and, life and you don't want them in there, bow out. Yes. I know that sounds hard, Julia, but you've got to be tough. Your time is precious. Tough and who love. you spend it with is important. Yes. Uh, Sharon. What's that pressure cooker thingy that I used to use? Uh, so I had the Breville top of the line pressure cooker slow cooker and then the heating element in it blew and it wasn't that old. It was only like two years old or something. Breville would have taken that back, you know. I probably would have. Yeah. It's now sitting rusting on my back veranda. No, no, Breville I keep meaning to get it fixed. But I bought the Breville slow cooker instead. Get, I know someone at Breville. I'm going to get the response to the show. Oh, can you? Yeah. Every appliance I own. And get this. Steph, our friend, Mama Marmalade, runner, moved yeah. to the States. She gave me her Fancy Pants Smeg microwave. Yeah. And I've used it twice. And I go, I don't like it. I'm going to put my Breville one back in play. Yeah. Because my Breville one's got special things. I can soften butter, make popcorn. What? Oh, go away. <laughs> that was Mr. Ah. Luke asking me to put his chilli in the fridge in half an hour. It's, that can't be cooked already. Anyway, um, so yes, it was the Breville one, but Sharon, I uh, am now just using a slow cooker. Um, I found problems with the pressure cooker one in that you forget that you have to allow the pressure time. In my life. I don't need another. No, 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 but you have to, to you have to allow time for it for the pressure to build for the pressure to build up, and that by the end of it can sometimes make it no quicker than it was. Anyway, bored now. Um, that's itchy feet. Itchy feet. I always get itchy feet. You still have milky feet? No. I and I've got it in my bed to give it back to you. Yeah, I know, you want it back. Um uh, the itchy feet feet thing, Franca, I um Kenya. No. <laughs> like when you go to bed it's like restless legs, but you get really itchy feet. Oh, I actually have magnesium spray? Maybe. Maybe a magnesium spray or um, lotion. Try that, see if that helps. Uh, You've done a lot of research and thought into that, haven't you? Well, that's also what worked for me. Also, we're running out of time. Also, I would also take an antihistamine. Because get this, when I get my hair a glass dyed... Of wine. Get my, when I get my scalp bleach done to get my hair coloured, I get, I get itchy feet, hands, like armpits, lady garden. Like everything feels like I, it's I on like fire. that you just pointed to it. 
In case you didn't know what I meant. Yeah, I knew exactly where you were going with that. <laughs> Downward pointed finger. Um, like insane, like like itchy, like to the point that I want to scratch my face off. And it's, so there's some sort of, my, my scalp's all right. Like I don't. So bored now. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I'm putting that out there because I wonder if anyone else gets that. Um, oh, Gabrielle just wanted to say thank you. That's fine. Oh, beautiful. We like that. Um, Kate, jet lag is killing her will to live. Hi, oh, Hannah. she was in Vegas for work. What were you doing in Vegas for work? That sounds really interesting, Kate. Oh, that's our beautiful Kate from, who is from out Penrith Way. Who's got the gorgeous uh, fiance, same sex fiance, oh. and the two little boys? Oh, beautiful! We love you. Can we come to your wedding? Yeah, that will be fun. We um, are going to Andrew Faith's wedding. We made that perfectly clear. We did make that perfectly clear, didn't we? We did offer up some bridal bridesmaids <laughs> duties. <laughs> oh God! Hey, look, I reckon that's it. Okay. Um, Gosh, we've gone light and dark and shade. What have we? What haven't we talked about? Can you make sure you mention Osher Gunsberg in the show notes? Yeah, make sure you ask Ben A. Brown because they're big hitters and they can take us to the next level. Okay, so what big hitters are we going to talk about next week so then we can just keep climbing that ladder? Um, Oh, I was on the radio last week with Tim Ross and Richard Glover. Tim Ross? Yes. I love Tim Ross. Oh, yes. As in Rosso, as in American Rosso. We're talking about Spotto um, and Richard Glover, who you know is my celebrity leave pass. Oh, really? Well, one of them. I didn't know that. I just, his mind. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Don't tell him. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can ask you. Tell us. Who should we brown nose? <laughs> In next week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope Thank you, you everyone. something out of this rabble. And as we like to say, just keep plucking.